Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a handbrake off. Hello and welcome to Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Today we're bringing you a bonus episode as James McNicholas caught up with Gabriel Clark, director of the new Arsene Wenger documentary, Invincible. Uh, let's take you to a room with a view over the Emirates where James and Gabriel sat down to talk about creating this film. How much are the players looking forward to Arsene Wenger arriving? Who? <laughs> Arsene Wenger's been in Japan. He's unaware of the demands of our game. I was not scared of anybody in football. Would you believe it? It was the start of it, the real start of it. I have the addiction gene. This desire of hating to lose makes you sometimes inhuman. I'm saying myself, is it looking for more? I loved it. I loved it. I set them a target to win the championship without losing a game. This football is close to perfection. Okay, I'm delighted to say we're joined by Gabriel Clark, who wrote and co-directed the documentary Arsene Wenger Invincible. Gabriel, first of all, congratulations on the film. I think it's a fantastic portrait of Arsene and I, I really enjoyed it. That's good to hear, James. I appreciate it. Um, always, you're a little bit nervous, especially <laughs> when you're feeding back to the um, the hardcore. Yeah. You know, and, and obviously... It was important that um, as we went through this process, we tried to be as balanced as possible in the making of the film and also as um, incisive as possible and as insightful as possible. So if we're, we're ticking a few boxes, that's, good. that's a good start. How difficult was it to get Arsene's cooperation with this film? Because he's quite a private guy. And, uh, you know, what was that process like? Well, I've been trying to do a documentary of some form with Arsene since he, you know, a few years into his reign at Arsenal, I think like many people, mm. because I worked uh, and still work at ITV and was um, covering a lot of that period that's in the film from 96 through to 2004 in particular. And I had a few chats with Bob Wilson, who was at ITV, as you know, during mm. that period, but also goalkeeping coach and got to know Arsene very well. And I kept on at Bob, what about doing a documentary with Arsene? This was sort of before they became fashionable in a way. And, right. um, and Arsene's response was simple and to the point. Tell him I'm not vain enough to do a documentary. <laughs> and there's no answer to that. Yeah. Because, okay, fair enough. That there has to be, I think, a degree of willingness to look inside yourself. Maybe it's, and, and Arsene maybe saw that as vanity, if you're going to cooperate with a documentary. Mm. So it was never going to happen while he was Arsenal manager. Uh, a close friend of mine, Christian Jean-Pierre, who I got to know back in the early days of the Champions League in the early 90s when he was covering it for TF1, got to know Arsene very well through Arsene's work for TF1 as a commentator during the summer's ah. World Cup tournaments. So Christian and I and Arsene would meet at tournaments, exchange glances, 
as France were heading to finals and England were heading home early. <laughs> but Christian and I kept in touch and we shared a, a, a fascination for Arsene. And when would it have been? It would have been around two years ago, 18 months ago, that Christian rang me up, having left TF1 and started to do his own projects. And I'd started Noah Media Group and we were doing our own projects. And he said, I think Arsene could be persuaded to do a documentary now that he's left Arsenal. And uh, the project grew from there and, and relatively quickly, we were able to come into a co-production arrangement with... Uh, a French version, an English version. Christian would oversee the French version. I would oversee the English version. And Arsene um, signed on. So it was that, that's how it came about. And as you say, yes, how easy was it to persuade him? A lot of that was down to Christian, mm -hmm. who knows him very, very well as a friend, more intimately than I do. I know him really as, a, as somebody who sometimes I was adversarial with, but I think Arsene respected my work. And once we'd explained the vision for the film, and he'd shared his opinions, off we went. And you mentioned being adversarial with him, you know, in those post-match interviews or whatever it might have been. Do you recall the first time that you met Arsene and what your impression of him would have been at that time? It would have been in that um, 98, 99 Champions League season. Right. So I think we, we had the rights at that point to Champions League. So once Arsenal had qualified for the Champions League, it would have been in that 98-99 season when they weren't obviously doing that well in the Champions League. Mm. But um, I think we'd had some uh, dealings with them as well in the FA Cup. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, w it would have been around about that time. And then we got to know him and interview him very regularly as Arsenal continued through the Champions League. ITV covered the Premier League from 2001 to 2004, so we had that invincible season. So I got to know Arsene a lot through just regular interviews, being at Highbury, being uh, at so many of those big games. And it's remarkable, I think, how many of them I actually remembered because your memory does fade. Mm. But especially throughout that time, how many of the occasions with Arsenal and that team I did remember. They, had a big, they made a big impression on me and Arsene made a big impression on me with the way that he would be open to pretty much any type of question in an interview. That was so refreshing. Yeah, the, the way that he approached interviews, I think as as the players say in terms of the way that he managed them, this refreshing, very human, open approach, calm, considered, but uh, generous, really defined, I think, the way that he was with his players. And it was certainly the way that he was with the media and in one-on-one -on -one interviews, especially before games, much, much more tense on match days, but especially before games. Uh, you really felt that you were getting something very different to what you'd been used to at that at that point. Yeah, that's true. I remember from his press conferences, he was one of the few managers in the Premier League who'd be asked to comment on almost anything, current affairs, cultural issues. You could go to him and he had no fear of expressing yeah. an opinion. Exactly. And that's that's expressing an opinion in, in his second or third language, or third language, German's yeah. his second language. So yeah, I think that there was that, um, we touched on it in the film, there was that... A real sense of something different, I think, which coincided with maybe a, a change, as, as we touched on in the film, a change maybe in the culture of English society at that point mm -hmm. as well, becoming more open. And, um, and I think Arsene fitted England perfectly at that point. Mm. And England was right and was right for Arsene at that point. It wouldn't necessarily have been the case 10 years earlier. Yeah. Can I ask, Gabriel, have you read Arsene's book? And do you think that he relished 
putting the story into somebody else's hands, having taken on the book himself, do you think that it was helpful to him maybe to have a bit more distance from this project? Uh, I, I read the book, yeah. I, I didn't think the book really reflected Arsene that well, personally. Mm. I thought it was a little bit um, conservative, really, mm. and followed a fairly conservative arc, narrative arc, and I, I think touched the bases, but only touched them. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And I think that um, one of the things that I really enjoy about the film is that there's a sort of, I think you see the kind of full spectrum, really, of his time at Arsenal, you know, both in terms of the, the enormous success of the early days and then in the latter phase, a bit more difficulty. Absolutely. And how, how important was it to you to reflect both sides of that coin? It was crucial, yeah. The, the film is called Invincible. It's, it's framed around the Invincible season. Mm. That was the high point. Arsene wanted to... Oh, Arsene is immensely proud of that achievement. It's the achievement of his career. And therefore, it was only right that when he talked about wanting that reflected, it became the, the narrative arc. And we, I wrote down a, a fairly distinct narrative arc through which that season would be told, but yet other elements of his whole story would be told. Yeah. And it was, it was imperative that we touched upon how hard it was after that time. And, and really, it really is breakable, isn't it, into two eras, mm. from 96 to 2004-05, and as you know, and then on, on to uh, 2018, and you know, Highbury Emirates, however, he, that's how he divides it. And it was vital that we did that. It was a challenge because uh, it's still, for Arsene, very difficult. I think in the film you see how difficult that relationship was to end. Yeah. I think he opens up in a way that he he didn't or wasn't able to while he was still there because now he has time to reflect and I think that the film benefits from that um, distance that he now has and is able to I think he's able therefore to be more self-critical he's able I think to understand the type of person he was inside that pressure bubble and the person that he is now outside it but it doesn't mean that he doesn't feel as though he should have been treated better Mm. And there is, Arsenal fans will know this more than anybody, I think, um, clearly a, a vacuum there that is unfortunate. Mm. And it wasn't the happy ending and it still isn't the happy ending. Yeah, and I'll be fascinated to see, you know, the reception among Arsenal fans when they watch this documentary. Certainly there were huge swathes of that support who were quite anti-Arsene Wenger, shall we say, by the end of his reign. I wonder how they'll feel about that now. You know, I know speaking as a supporter myself, there were certainly times where I thought it's probably time for Arsene to step away at this point, but I never expressed uh, any sort of vilification or anger as far as I remember, but I know a lot of people did. And I wonder how they'll reflect on that, seeing the sort of human side of this story. Um, I th I, yeah, and I, I think that's that's what you hope that will happen because I, we asked Arsene to reflect on that and be self-critical. Mm. And, and, you know, we, we, were, we were pressing him on that. I was pressing him on that because clearly many people see it as, as a flaw and, and, and as Arsene being selfish the way that he was in those final years. Yet he, he responds to that, I think, in a way that also has its, its strong points and also has its justification. One of the things I found most striking... Uh, clearly there's this kind of separation of Highbury and Emirates and it's very obvious how much Highbury means to him. There's a 
point in the film where he talks about kind of just recreating that coach journey down towards the. He still stadium. goes back. Yeah, which is a, I thought I thought was a, it amazed me when he said that. Mm. I still go back. I, I still, you know, he, when when he's in London, he'll still drive around to Highbury. Yeah, it's which it is, is which incredible. Is, which I just think says so much about his attachment to Arsenal and in particular his attachment to that time. Of course, and where he experienced his greatest successes. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham, all new, Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What do you know of my life concretely? We don't know anything. <laughs> my father, he never told me well done. He said, you can do better. It would have been easier if he would have made the decision. You realize that's the end of something. Like a funeral. Arsene changed my life. When the manager is defending you, you will die for him. An entire league campaign without losing. The achievement stands above everything else. You want to discover something more, what football can give you. To transform it into art. Another thing he said that I found really interesting was he said, he was speaking about the Invincible season, and he said something, I'm paraphrasing here, but maybe something was broken then, that in some ways by having hit those heights, it was something he struggled to recreate. And that's something I've never heard him say before, and I found that fascinating. Yeah, and I think, it again, that's the self-reflection I think you're able to get with distance. And I do think the best documentaries are done and the best books are written when the subject is away from their career a bit, yeah. but you're not, they're, not, they're never done during a career. Mm. And so in that sense, maybe we sh I should be grateful that Arsene said, no, you're not doing a documentary with us during the, <laughs> the, the many times we tried to ask him. But I do, I do think that, yeah, that, that self-criticism is, is really intriguing. And I think it does resonate, will resonate with Arsenal supporters who were obviously critical of him at the time. It's just, it, 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 he says, you know, my, my biggest flaw was loving Arsenal too much. Mm. But is that a flaw? You know, that, that I suppose is the other side of it, isn't it? True. Yeah. It's tricky because, yeah, is, is it a flaw? Is that, is that his way of phrase of, you know, sort of rationalizing what happened? Uh, I don't know, but when he says it, it's a very compelling moment, definitely. One of the great contributors, you've got a number of brilliant contributors in the film, some Arsenal legends, Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira, Lee Dixon, very many. But Sir Alex Ferguson, I think, uh, really catches the eye, sort of hearing his side of that rivalry. 
as someone who dealt with both managers very close terms, you know, during their time in the Premier League, how would you sort of demark them as characters and how did you have to approach them differently in your job as an interviewer? Well, I always felt much more calm and comfortable when I was interviewing Arsene. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. And, and I think that was one of the great things that having been used to Sir Alex, and to a, to a degree, Sir Alex was the, uh, the template of, a, of what a lot of managers were in the 90s mm. and the 80s. You know, they were old school, tough. They would intimidate. And, you know, Dalglish could intimidate. George Graham could intimidate. Mm. You know, the, 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 that, that's the way it was. And, and I think Ian Wright touches on it in the film in terms of I'd come in at half time and I'd get, if, we, if we, I'd had a blinder, I'd get a bollocking. Mm. You know, that was what I got as a player. But when Arsene arrived, that was different. And it would be a bit similar, I think, as a journalist. It would be, you know, you, you, would, be, you would gain a respect, I think, through having to know your place a little bit. So I think when Arsene came along, as we, as we touched upon, it was, it was, you had a sense that the interview to a degree would open up and you would be able, not necessarily always think about your questions and always ask what you think is a, is, is a, a direct and well-balanced question, but maybe you wouldn't, you know, dance around it as much as you might have, the phrasing of it as much as you might with Sir Alex. Mm. But they were two compelling characters, two wonderf wonderfully gifted guys who who did bring out the best in each other and you know with without Arsene would there have been Manchester would Manchester United have won a treble mm. without Arsene arriving and pushing Sir Alex on and um without Sir Alex there would Arsene and Arsenal have been invincible they raised their standards they had to do that so I think um, both worked wonderfully for the other in that sense and it was really important Sir Alex contributed to a documentary I did on Sir Bobby Robson and you never want to over outstay your welcome if you like and Sir Bobby Robson was a major influence on Sir Alex his mentor really I was a little bit circumspect over whether or not he would agree to do an interview because he doesn't do many on Arsene but their level of respect is clear and I think as you see in the film the way that it ended for Arsene didn't impress Sir Alex no. and I think Sir Alex in that sense is a loyalist and uh, that was a question he was willing to 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 answer as well in the film, but it was it was imperative that we we got together a cast of A-listers. Sir Alex is obviously at the top of that list, but only Arsenal people who were directly associated with him. Uh, that that I, I didn't want to go to experts or mm, mm, mm. Um, uh, authorities on the matter. It was important that. The cast list was led by Arsene, and then around him you had just those A-listers who were part of the story and would give you genuine insight. And, and Sir Alex, as he does, even though you, you never get that long with him, nails it in certain areas. I'm glad, I'm glad you felt that. Was there, was there anyone you wanted that you weren't able to get for the film? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, maybe you, maybe there are holes in there we should have filled. You, 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 you might <laughs> no, you, you might know better than me, maybe. but I'm trying to think. I think um, no, Thierry was in, very important to get. We we did Thierry relatively late in the project. Right, he's a busy man. Uh, Patrick, we were able to do um, in his time between Nice and Crystal Palace, so that was handy. Um, our, our issues were COVID. You know, we, we had issues with COVID as many filmmakers have in that, in that time, having, having really done it between, it would have been October 2020. So COVID was, 
was impacting mm-hmm. through to mm-hmm. the filming this is through to April 2020 and then straight into edit. So the, the difficulty was some interviews we, we set up in the room in France and I'm interviewing from Paris. Right. One interview we had to do like that with Arsene and a couple were a couple with um a couple of the other players, Dennis Burkamp, for instance. Okay. So we have a camera in the room, but we're I'm not in the room. And that's that that isn't that isn't great, but um it's a process we've got used to and I and I think uh, the guys on the whole pretty much gave as much as they would have done if we'd been right in front of them. Yeah, and I guess their willingness to do it speaks to their yeah. respect for Arsene, right? I mean he's been such a massive figure in so many of their careers and I think it might be Thierry, I'm not sure, but certainly one of the players refers to him as almost like a father. Thierry, yeah. Yeah, and it's clear that he he held that role, uh, or at least was held in such high esteem by all those guys he worked with in that period. Yes, I I, I think they don't all agree with what happened at the end. They're, they're certainly, it's certainly not, I don't think, a, a, a chorus that's completely of approval as to, as to the way it ended. That's they very all, interesting, yeah. They all have their own opinions on that, mm. you know. And they uh, don't shy away from that. They don't shy away from either really being critical of the club or being critical of Arsene. Mm. And, and I think all of them in their way, uh, you know, Ian Wrights, had issues with Arsene and the way that Arsene maybe ended their careers at Arsenal. Patrick Vieira too. So I, uh, but, but I think, it, as you say, it, it, it's, it says a lot for overall, again, distance, how they feel about Arsene now time has passed, that they contributed in the way they did. Because you're never certain. You're never certain. You, you think, oh, wow, that, that guy had a wonderful career under that player. And um, you're never certain that, um, or rather you shouldn't um, expect that that guy who had that wonderful career under that manager will necessarily love that manager. No, that's true. I imagine if you asked Ian Wright in 1999 or if you asked Petra Vieira in 2005, yeah. you know, after they left the club, they might have had something very different to say, but time mm. and distance changes that. Yeah, and, and Arsene as well, you know, has many things in common with Ferguson in the sense that he's stubborn. He's an autocrat to a degree. He has to be and was, I think, alone on his own island. Mm. And that um, not, not every player, therefore, is going to have a connection with him. And, and as I say, those that we interviewed obviously were hugely influenced by him and were part of that, on the whole, part of that incredible team that changed the course of football history. But they were also able to be critical of him at times. And did you get the sense that Arsene has changed since his time in the thick of management at Arsenal, since he's had this time away from that day-to-day involvement did you see a different side to his personality in the making of this film than, than you had seen in your professional engagements before? Well, it wasn't a professional engagement in the same way. Mm. So that's, I, I really enjoy that process. So it is different to the post-match interview or the pre-match interview where you have a, only a short period of time. Yeah. But Arsene is still a very busy man. Very, very busy man, as you know. Um, I think Christian's, Christian Jean-Pierre knows him and, and was doing a lot of his diary work with us. FIFA now is such a a major part of his life mm. and he's all or nothing mm. he's in and he's really in and so we we had limited we we would have liked a little bit more filming time with him the scenes that we did were really good when we took him home to Dutlenheim for instance mm. it w- was wonderful and I and I hope we'll really add something for those who watch yeah because again that's some of that footage and that that sense of I'd heard of Dutlenheim but but to be there and see it and and live it with him was wonderful because it is in his soul. That's where it. That's where football entered his soul. 
So that was a really important sequence that we were able to film. Again, COVID, COVID restrictions, but we, we got there and did it. To, to answer your question, it wasn't relaxed and easy and, you know, long languid chats. It right. was still, it was still working business, to working to a schedule, make sure you know what you're going to come with, areas to cover. And he is a busy man, but I hope that the scenes that we've shot also reflect that he has a distance away from Arsenal now that has enabled him to have a good think about it and and give what we hope are are the definitive is the definitive material about that time because yeah. he's not he's not done this before and I don't think he's in a hurry to do it again. And Arsenal himself calls the, the kind of story of his time with Arsenal a love story. Do you think that's right? Is that is that what you've made? You tell me. <laughs> I think as Arsenal fans, yeah, I think Arsenal fans will take away their own um, interpretation wherever you stand. I, I hope the film, and I think the film is is a film that all football fans will enjoy. This this guy had a huge influence on on English football, world mm. football, and and I think the way that he talks about the game really does connect with all of us. That childlike love of football, and it, I genuinely, you know, it genuinely is in there. Arsene, I think, goes back to it whenever he's feeling stressed. I think he, he's reminded of it and he loves talking about the game. And that, that's, that's obviously a sign of somebody who's just in love with the game. I hope it's just that a sense of authenticity about the film. That's, that's what you want most of all. And that's what you have to extract. And a sense of, as I say, the, the definitive Arsene. Mm. But it's up to Arsenal fans, I suppose, and football fans to judge. And do you know what Arsenal thinks of the film? I think um, he's watched it. He's watched several cuts of it. Listen, he's coming to the premiere. That's so, a good uh, sign. <laughs> that's, that's a good sign. And I, at the premiere, I'll ask him a little bit more. And, and also, you know, the, the fact that he's been a very busy man, he'll be doing his own press. I think he can, he can um, speak for himself on that. I think like any, I think Arsene will say, I've only been associated with one perfect thing in my life and that was the Invincible season. Mm. So um, I don't think we quite measure up to being invincible. Um, but, uh, you know, we tried our best and I think he knows we tried our best. That's a great way to end it. Thanks, Gabriel. Thank you very much. Play 38, 126, drawn 12, lost exactly not. That was James McNicholas speaking with Gabriel Clark all about the new film Arsene Wenger Invincible. It's out on November the 11th. We'll be back on Monday for another edition of Handbrake Off. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.